Good morning. Welcome to Elm Grove. Come on in. Good morning to our listening audience today. It's an awesome morning to say God's richest blessings be upon you. This is a day the Lord has made and we're to rejoice. Not only are we are to rejoice, but we have a reason to rejoice. We count our blessings and we can name them today and realize how, what a life God has given us as we take this journey uh, here today. We've crossed many valleys. We've crossed intersections with things of discomfort. We've all met things that we didn't know would be recorded in, in the book of life. But today, a good cup of coffee in God's presence really makes things go in a great direction. So from our heart to yours today, we say good morning. God bless you. If you're listening today, you're not a part of the Elm Grove family. We pray God's richest blessings upon you today. And as we continue to uh, go through this time when the virus infection, infection has uh, attacked many, uh, we've been spending time in prayer as the staff of Elm Grove for those that are going through the trials and the testings of this virus. But this too shall come to pass. So today we can say rejoice in knowing that God is faithful. His, his word is true and never returns void. So today, if you're listening, we want to say we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for all you've done. We want to say a special thank you to the staff here at Elm Grove that's had the ability and the knowledge to allow us to open the door and come into your home on each Sunday morning since we've been unable to meet you at the Lord's house. It's an awesome privilege today to acknowledge the Lord in all of our ways. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is such a privilege to remember. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't try to figure things out, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Many church doors will be open this Sunday, but with prayerful caution that we've tried to use throughout this time of this virus infection, we will postpone this Sunday and meeting at Elm Grove, but the following Sunday, which is Mother's Day, not only will we be acknowledging our mothers that will be here, but we'll be acknowledging Jesus Christ, the Lord of all. So till we meet again, God bless you. We love you from our heart to yours. We want you to know that God's blessings are overshadowing you and no, nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing is impossible with the Lord. So continue to put your trust in him and we'll look forward to seeing you soon. We love you and may God's richest blessing be with you today. Morning, everybody. We're getting closer. We're in Seedling, Oklahoma today at The Rock, recording worship set for Sunday morning. And uh, it's, we're getting closer. Just in a week or two, uh, we'll be back at the Heaven Real Church. And um, until then, I just wanted to remind you that uh, uh, a lot of work goes into these services each week, and uh, not by me, but by others. And I just want to remind you to pray for our pastor, Pastor White and Pastor Jared and Kevin. They put in a lot of hours getting this ready and, and all of that. And I would love to help them, but I don't know anything about what they do. <laughs> and so uh, I just show up and, and uh, preach. Anyway, we're glad to be here this morning and a few, few old hymns and choruses to sing. Amazing grace, how sweet
place this morning, but in spirit we're together. And I just pray, God, your blessings on everyone. Bless our pastors. He preaches the word to us today. May your will be done. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, good morning, Elm Grove family, and welcome to our online worship experience. What an honor to have you part of our online family this morning. Before we move forward, we want to stop and we wanted to give a great big shout out to Pastor Barry and Barbara who led us in worship this morning, leading us into the presence of God. They did an incredible job today of just bringing us into the presence of the Lord this morning. So we're thankful and grateful and honored for that. Men, over these past several weeks, we have been blessed. Pastor Barry and Barbara and Blake and Bethany, who have devoted so much of their time, energy, and efforts just to bringing us this, these worship experiences and these worship opportunities, but bringing us uh, together in song and gather, together in music. And, and so we don't take that for granted. We don't take that lightly. We want to say thank you guys for uh, just sharing, sharing with us in these times. Hey, this week we continue on in our series. We'll be getting to that here in just a few moments as we continue in the power of re. Today is all about reprioritize. And so looking forward to a great, great message here this morning. I want to pause and want to say, hey, if you're looking for an opportunity to give, you can go to elmgrovecc.org. Go to our webpage, elmgrovecc.org. Dot org. You'll find the giving link there. You can give through your checking account, through a card. You can give. You can text to give. There's all sorts of different avenues. It's an easy step-by-step -step process to get that going. And so just go and avail yourself to that. Also, if you just want to continue to send that in the mail, you can. Our address is there on our webpage as well. Or if you just want to drop it by the church office uh, between Tuesday and Friday from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., use with someone is there, and uh, we'd be honored to see you and uh, honored to, re to receive that gift. And so thank you so much, Elm Grove, for your continued faithfulness and your continued support in giving uh, throughout some what we know is some very trying and challenging times for so many. So thank you so much for honoring the Lord with that. Hey, next week, we're excited because next week it is Mother's Day. And you don't want to forget that. You want to honor your mom next week. And so be sure and don't forget that, okay? Or you thought this past month and a half was long, forget Mother's Day and see what happens the remainder of 2020, okay? Don't let that slide by. But next week on May the 10th, we will be gathering together for worship at our worship facility in Chester at Elm Grove Community Church looking forward to that looking forward to opening the doors of our facility and gathering together again now on our facebook page on our website uh, we have posted our comeback strategy and we don't want to get into all that here this morning that take a, a while but that is posted on our website also posted on our facebook page our comeback strategy uh, covid comeback strategy at elm grove and so all the things that we're going to adhere to as we come back together so sometime between now and next week would you just uh, hop on those outlets and avail yourself to all that information again we have tried to make the best decision the wisest decision uh, to honor god and also to honor the people who we serve and so we're looking forward to next Sunday as we come back together okay and so also some of you may be watching like you know what I I don't know if I feel comfortable coming back next Sunday yet hey we completely understand and if there's any any caution in your spirit at all we would advise you to stay home because we're going to try to continue to stream our services online next week will be a brand new experience as we try to live stream our experience from Elm Grove. And so we, we think we got it set up. We think we, we should be good to go. Uh, but you know, with technology, sometimes you just never know. But we're going to do everything in our power to live stream next week and the coming weeks that are ahead service from Elm Grove. And so if you feel like staying at home and you just want to take a few more weeks and just kind of examine how the, the, this comeback goes, we completely understand. And so we want you to just do what you feel comfortable doing in this time, but continue to connect with us, continue to engage with us, and continue to be a part of the Elm Grove family, either in person or online. And we can't wait. We so look forward to the day when we all feel confident, comfortable, and secure and coming back together as one big family. And so I know we joke around a lot about, you know, we're going to have food and have a big feast that day. Uh, that's cool. And we, you know us, we'll probably do something like that. But man, what we really miss is we really miss you. We really miss 
the connectivity. We really miss the communication. We really miss the presence of each other. And I know through these past several weeks, that's, that's the missing key. This has been great, but we miss seeing each other. We miss being in each other's presence. So we look forward to gathering the family together again for one big, awesome, amazing, what we're going to call that day, family reunion. So be watching for family reunion day when, uh, when we all can come back together. So look forward to that. But hey, again, next Sunday, next Sunday, uh, our facility will be open. Be sure and check out our website, check out Facebook for our COVID comeback strategy. This is going to be a great, great Sunday. Amen. Hey, we look forward to the word. It's coming up here in just a few moments. Well, good morning, Elm Grove family. It's an honor to host you this morning. Thanks for allowing this opportunity to come into your home, to come into your vehicle, to come into your backyard, wherever it is that you might be watching us today. We thank you and we say, uh, we, say we, we send God's best to you this morning for the opportunity to bring the word to you today. So thank you for allowing God's word into your home. Uh, we are in week three of our current series, The Power of Re. Now remember, we defined that prefix re as to do again or to restore to original condition. In week one, we talked about the word reset. And last week, in week two, Pastor Orville brought an incredible message about refocus and how we need to get our eyes fixed on Jesus and fixed on things that are uh, eternal value. And so today we're going into week three and we're going to hone in on the word reprioritize because it's time that we reprioritize some things in our life and I hope that this word today is just a word of encouragement I hope that your that your life and your value system is falling in line already with what we're going to discuss but if by chance it isn't then then maybe this is the the Holy Spirit talking to us to say you know what it's time to adjust some things in our life it's time to reprioritize some things in our life, and the Lord pray that God just uh, ministers to you and speaks to you uh, right where you're at about these things in, in our life. And I think it's things that we all need to hear, whether just be encouraged by these things and just be reaffirmed by these things, or whether it be challenged by these things. And so um, today we're talking about reprioritize. And I, I just want to ask you a question: How many of you, as you look back at uh, here now that we're at the end of this thing, we're at the end of of the year 2020? And you look back, how many of it, what? We're, what do you mean we're not at the end of 2020? Of course we're at the end of 2020. Then there's, there's no way we can't be. What, what day is it? May 3rd? Are you kidding me? It is May 3rd. It's only May 3rd. We have got to be at the end of 2020. If the, this has been the longest Month and a half I have ever lived in my life if it's only May the 3rd. Are you serious? You cannot be serious. It is May the 3rd. Oh my goodness. This is crazy. I don't even know what to do anymore. This has been the longest time of my life. How many know what I'm talking about? How many like that's your experience? Like March and April has been the longest 10 years you've ever went through. I mean, that's what it feels like, right? That's what it feels like. And some of us watching here this morning, you're like, I would just want to say sayonara. I'm glad it's May. Get past me. Get behind me, April Satan. Right? And, you know, and some of you are like, I am glad to move forward. And, and you know, some of us, if we're being honest, we're like, you know what? I'm glad to see this season go. Some of us the last month and a half, though, I promise you, there are some people, because I've talked to them, there are some people who are out there who are saying, you know what, this past month and a half has actually been a really incredible season for me. God's really shown some things into my heart. God's really shown some things into my spirit. And so there's, there's, there's some people watching who this has been an incredible, incredible month and a half. There's been some people who, who have really struggled with this month and a half and there has been some people who have really uh, uh, blossomed 
in this month and a half. Doesn't mean it hasn't been tough. It doesn't mean it hasn't been a struggle. But man, just some things that's been going on. Uh, God's really done a work in their life. And there's some people that have been really blessed. And it's, it's interesting that in a, 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 a setting like this with as many people as watching, we have people who believe in God. We have people who believe in the Word of God. We have people who, who, uh, who put some type of value upon church because you're, you're here this morning. And yet you can have such different contrasts. Okay? We have, we have people, and I'm, you know, this has been a long month and a half. And then others are like, you know what? This has been kind of cool. Like, this is the way I, I wish I could live life. Like, I just, I wish that no one bothered me. I just, I love being by myself. And I just, you know, this is, this has been like a blessing because now everyone gets to see how I get to live. This is all, you know, they're just two totally different personalities and two totally different aspects. We know people that every aspect of their life, it seems like, is completely God-centered. And we, when challenges come, it's like nothing shakes them. <laughs> nothing shakes them at all. And then there are those of us that it seems like life is just like an ongoing process, going from one tragedy to the next, or one drama-filled moment to the next, or one conflict to the next. And you're just saying, God, when does this all end? Right? I mean, it's just, it's just, it seems like chaos and confusion and craziness. All of us here today, we believe in God on some level. All of us here today, we believe in the Bible. Yet there's just different experiences that every one of us face. And so I'd like to submit to you today that a lot of these things really come down to order. That a lot of this, these things come down to order. And we're going to talk about this because order is important. Order, honestly, is everything. The way we prioritize our world, the way we prioritize our life, it creates and it impacts the, the life that we experience. And so any of you who are married, you know that order is pretty important. <laughs> it's really important. For example, let's talk about something very, very simple. Let's talk about loading the dishwasher, okay? Just loading the dishwasher, all right? You feel me? You ready? All right, here we go. So loading the dishwasher. There are those of you who, when it's your turn to do the dishes, you will grab everything from out of the sink or off the counters or off the table, and the dishwasher has become like a game of Plinko from The Price is Right, you remember that? Where you just kind of throw things in and just kind of bounces around and lands where it goes. And you, when you pull out the bottom shelf, you will see that there are things on the bottom shelf that need not be on the bottom shelf. There's things like little cups and little measuring devices that are not supposed to be there because everybody knows that pots and pans and plates and big dishes, that goes on the bottom shelf, right? I mean, that's in the Bible somewhere. Leviticus, read it, look it up. Everybody knows that. And then the cups and the little things go on the top shelf, right? But there's a different order for some of us because it's just like Plinko, pull out, throw, shut, push, right? And so there's a, there's a different, different order. And for those who view the loading of the dishwasher like a game of Plinko, understand this. God tolerates that, but he's not happy with you. He, 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 you know, he, it's, it's, it, that's just, there's no order. There's no order. There's an order. And so, you know, it, it helps if you get in that order. Grocery shopping. Gro oh, let, let's talk about it. Let's go there. Gro grocery shopping. Now, me, I ain't going to lie. When I go grocery shopping, uh, my wife encourages me not to go. Okay, because I don't go grocery shopping with the list. Now, I might have some things written in my phone that I know we need, okay, so I make sure I don't forget. But when I go grocery shopping, it's like an all-day event because I want to walk through the store, up and down the aisles. I want to see what the new food is. I want to see the new things that the store has brought to the place. I want to see the new cookies. I want to see the new chips. I want to see the new flavor of cheeses. I want to see the new hamburger helper. What are they coming out with this way? I want to see those things, right? And so when I go grocery shopping, now one thing that's bad is when I go grocery shopping, I walk down up in every aisle just like my mother did, right? And when I do it, I, I go and I go hungry. And that's not good at all. Because what happens when you go hungry is you end up with things in your shopping cart that don't necessarily go back to your pantry. They're just going to your car 
for you to open up and eat on the way home. How many, how many, how many, I mean, how many of you be honest? Like, you know what, Pastor Jerry, I feel you. That, that's where I'm at. Like grocery shopping is an adventure sometimes. It's like, it, it's, it's fun. It's like discovering new magic things. And I just love it. I, I mean, know what I'm talking about. Now, some of you, you're, you're like my wife. And like Jenny, it's almost like a sickness. Okay? It, it's, it's almost a sickness. Because when she goes into a store, I promise you, she's got like a blueprint of that store layout on her phone. And she knows if I start in the northeast corner and move from northeast to southwest, I can get this done. And all I've got to go is down aisle one, aisle three, aisle six, aisle seven, aisle nine, aisle ten, and then the side dish over here right next to the wall. Right? She, she knows. And there's no stopping in between. And we're passing all this yummy goodness. And I'm like, hey, what, what, what about over here? Can we stop? Can we stop? Can we... No, no, we're going. We're focused. We're going. We're going. We're getting in. We're getting out. We're going. Okay? There's an order. How many know what I'm talking about? And so they're, for, they're just, they're, there's order to different things in our life. And I, I just want to encourage you this morning that when we talk about order, I would say that a life that God blesses is not just about what we have to offer, but it's about the order in which we offer it. Okay? It's not just about what we have to offer, but it's about the order in which we offer it. We're going to hone in on this here today. Now, here's the truth. God must be first. God cannot not be first. Okay? When God is first in every area of your life, the rest of your life will be filled with order. But if there is an area that God isn't first in that area of your life, you can mark it down. In that area, there's going to be disorder. If your marriage, if God's not first in your marriage, there's going to be disorder in your marriage. If God isn't first in your finances, there's going to be disorder in your finances. If God isn't first in your time, there's going to be disorder in your time. Come on, that's what we've been experiencing as a nation. And let's be honest, that's what we, many of us have been experiencing even as Christians, right? And so there's going to be disorder. Anytime that God is not first, there's disorder in that area. And that's why the Bible says in Matthew 6, it says, these are the words of Jesus Christ, by the way. He said, but seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added to you as well. Okay? He said, seek God first. Now today we're going to look at three first. Right? So I just want you to hone in on these three first. And with every bit of faith and every bit of belief in me, I believe that these truths and the spirit of God that's behind these truths, that's backing these truths, can change not just the rest of this 2020, Okay, which cannot be as long as the beginning of this. Okay? But these truths can change the rest of your 2020. But even more important than that, I believe these truths can and will change the rest of your life. I believe that with all of my heart. So the first, the first, first that I want to talk about this morning is the first of our day. Okay? If you're taking notes, the first of our day. We're going to seek God. In the first of our day, we're going to pursue a moment with our creator, with our savior, the first of our day. Now, listen, we don't want to be legalistic or ritualistic about this. If you wake up and nature's calling, by all means, go visit nature, right? If you wake up and, and uh, you know, you got that nasty taste in your mouth or your, 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 your breath, you know, your breath, with, you know, as you pray to God, God's like, hey, wait a second, you know, go grab a mint first, right? It, it, it's all good. If you need a cup of coffee, it's all good. But here, here's the thing. Nothing significant is going to happen in my life until I first talk to the one who made significance in my life. Come on, somebody. Nothing significant is going to happen in my life until I first talk to the one who, who is, is the most significant thing in my life. Right? And so I'm going to seek God. And what you do, I believe this with all my heart, what you do first sets up how you're going to look at second and third and fourth and so on and so on. And as believers and as followers of Christ, don't just let the day come to you. You attack the day. Okay, you attack the day. And we get this picture in Psalm chapter 63, verse 1. It says, oh God, you are my God and early will I seek you. Okay, time matters. Priority matters. Order matters. 
Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. When we look at the four Gospels, we look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, we see all kinds of repeated behavior in the life of Jesus Christ. We see Jesus performing all kinds of miracles. Uh, we see Jesus preaching hope to the multitudes all the time. We see Jesus healing the sick all the time. But there's one behavior that I think we often miss when we're talking about his life, and that is that he repeatedly and consistently got away and got along with his father. Even in moments, you, you read it, even in moments where people were still sick and needed him to reach out and touch them, Jesus still got away because he needed to connect with his father. And it, it's not even just that we know that he got away. We also know when he got away. Because in Mark chapter 1, the very first chapter of the book of Mark, Scripture tells us very early in the morning, while it's still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Before anyone was awake, before the sun rose up in the east, before nature and creation woke up, the Son of Man needed to be connected and filled and empowered by the presence of his Father before he started his day. And so I'm not saying you got to get up while it's still dark. I'm not saying you got to... You know, get up at 4.30 or 5 a.m. I'm not saying anything like that. What I'm saying is before anything significant happens in our day, we need to talk to the one who's most significant in that day. Okay? And so if the Son of God needed to connect to his Father before his day started, how much more do you and I? I, I know I, I need to. I know I need to. You know, sometimes we say, you know what? I just woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. Well, bless our heart. Lay back down, roll over, and get up on the right side. Get up with him, right? Get up with God. And so let him be that first. We're going to seek him first. We're going to seek him first. And it's not that you don't pray on your lunch break. It's not that you don't read scripture after that or in the afternoon or pray in bed in the evening. You know, not any of that at all. All that's awesome. All that's fine. We probably need to be doing that. But there's something special about getting the first of your day right. Because the first of your day sets the tone for the rest of your day. Okay? The first of your day sets the tone for the rest of your day. And I promise you, I, I know from experience, and I know probably all of us do as well, when we get up and the first of our day has been total chaos and total hectic, uh, just confusion and just craziness, how I many know that sets the tone for the rest of our day? Our attitude. The way we look at things, our perspective, right? And so we need to get up and we need to set the tone for our day by who we spend with there in the first part of our day. It will change you. In the first of the day, I'm going to seek the Lord. So the first of our day, we're going to offer the first of our day. And in that first, we're going to seek God. Now we're also going to offer the first of our week. Number two, the first of our week. Now what are we going to do with the first of our week? Well, we're going to come together and we're going to worship. We're going to come together and we're going to, that's what we're doing here right now. That's what we're doing here this morning. That's what we're going to be doing next Sunday, live and in person at our worship facility out in Chester. We're excited about that. We're going to worship God together because collectively and communally, Acts chapter 20, verse 7, the Bible says that on the first day of the week, the church came together and broke bread. Now, Here's like a shocking statistic. It's shocking to me. A survey recently conducted of the American churchgoers, that's here in America, the American churchgoers, says that 58% of everyone who calls themselves a churchgoer in America attends church less than one time a month. Not just one time a month, but less than one time a month. Okay? Now, we're not here throwing condemnation on anyone. Okay? But, man, we need you. The church needs you. The body of Christ needs you. You look at the book of Acts, the beginning of the church, you see something very, very different. The Bible says that the church devoted themselves to some things. The church devoted themselves to the teaching by the apostles, to the breaking of bread together, to the fellowship together, and to prayer. They devoted themselves to those things. So why is there this drastic contrast between I can come when I can, I'm really super busy, like once every month, at church, is, you know, that's all I can offer. Why is there the contrast between that and the book of Acts? What's the difference? Is it that the people in Acts are just holier than we are? I don't, I don't think so. I don't want to buy into that. But what I do think is what I, is, uh, 
I think they're a lot more honest about how they need one another, about how desperately they needed each other. And man, if this past six, seven weeks has not shown us how we need, I, I know this has been awesome and technology has been great. And I'm glad that we're being able to, to pour in and, and, and stream into people's homes through this way of means right now. But listen, I'm ready to come back together. And I know that's not going to happen for a while for everybody because I know there's, there's you know, we, we need to exert caution and I, I understand all of that. But I, I, I want to be together with you guys. I want to see your face. I want to, to smile at you. I want to see you live and in person, you know? And so, uh, man, I, 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 just, I just believe that the difference is, is that the acts are so much holier than we are. They just understood. They recognized that they desperately needed one another. And I hope now we recognize that we desperately need one another. We desperately need each other. I need you in my life. I do. And I can't tell you how many people over my years of pastoring have strayed away from the church family. Some on purpose. Some have said, I quit the church. I'm out, right? Some on purpose and some have just like a slow fade, an unintentional drift. But then they come back to church for some reason, whether it's a, a, a crisis or a tragedy that brings them back in or a, a holiday or a special event, or maybe just the Spirit of God says, hey, it's, it's, it's enough. It's time you go back. But for some reason, they come back and it's been, it's awesome because a majority of those people, when I say majority, like probably 89%, when they come in, they say, I, I can't believe I forgot how much I miss this place and how much I need this place. And it's not about the place, it's the people. I can't believe how much I need this people. I can't believe how much I miss these people. And church, if I could just be honest with you, we need to get better. Even after all this, we still need to get better at needing one another. God said it's not good for man to be alone. And we're not talking about just marriage and having companionship in marriage. We're talking about fellowship with one another. We need one another. My soul needs, and I believe your soul needs, what is happening right now, what's taking place right now. We need one another. And according to the word of God, it's not a suggestion. It's a priority. It's not a suggestion. It's a priority. The author of Hebrews, he says it this way, let us not give up meeting together. Some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. On the first of the day, we're going to give our first of the day to the Lord, okay? And our first of the week, we're going to give that to the Lord. We're going to come together and worship. So the first of the day, we're going to give to the Lord. First of the week, we're going to give to the Lord. And then the first of the month, we're not going to talk about the first of the month. Well, I want to talk to you about giving. I want to talk to you about tithing and offering. And before you turn this off, let me say this up front. As a pastor, man, I'll be honest, sometimes I'm very hesitant when it comes to talk about giving. Because I know the stigma that's out there with the churches. Some people say, you know, the church is all they want. All they want is your money. You know, that, that's, all they, that's all they care about. And I, I'm telling you, uh, that, that is furthest from the truth. That is, that is crazy. And, uh, and so that, that lie, that, that lie that people have believed, that lie that people have pushed, and, you know, sometimes it, it causes pastors to kind of back away and say, you know what, I don't want people thinking that. And I know I've been guilty of that myself as I've pastored over several years. I've been guilty of that. But then I also think about how God wants to bless us. Listen, tithing and giving and offering is it's not a way for God to get something from us. It's a way for him to get things to us. Okay, This is a way that he wants to get things to us. He wants to get resources to us. And so we're going to give. We're going to set aside the first of our day for the Lord, the first of our week for the Lord, and the first of our month, okay? Whenever we are paid, we're going to set that aside to give to the Lord as well. I just want to look at this. Leviticus, this is so awesome. Scripture says that a tithe, everybody say a tithe, a tithe of everything from the land where the grain or the soil for the tree belongs to the Lord. It says this, it is holy. To the Lord, a tithe, a tenth, the first tenth 
It's not even just 10% of your income. It's the first tenth. Okay, the first. Remember, we're talking about first. The first of our day, the first of our week, the first of our month. Remember what I said? God must be first and he cannot not be first. And so when we put him first, the rest of our life is filled with order. And I know that I know this from experience that when I put God first in my giving, when I put God first in my resources and I, 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 I honor him, <coughs> excuse me, I honor him with that. I, I, I know that there is an order to this and I know that I'm standing in the provision and in the blessing of God, a tithe, a tithe not only is the Lord's, not only does it like possessively belong to God, but he goes the extra mile. And God says, it's holy to me. The tithe is holy to me. Now, last summer, J.D. and I, uh, we started mowing the churchyard. And, and J.D., he, he, he started mowing yards for the first time. And uh, got his first job mowing some yards. And and so now he's making money. And uh, the day, I'll never forget the day he got his first paycheck. He got his first paycheck and he wanted to go straight to the bank. And I, I, was, I was trying to encourage him to hang on to that check for a second, right? You know, just, just hold on to it for just a little bit. Let's take a picture with it. And then I told him, hey, some people, they put their first check in a frame and they frame it so you can have it for the rest of your And he's like, well, what in the world? Why would people do that? Aren't they just, you know? And so... Uh, but when we start talking about that, I wanted him to hang on to it for a little bit. But we did. He wanted to go to the bank. He wanted to go to the bank right then, right there. And so we did. We went to the bank. But to my surprise, it wasn't so that he could get cash to spend. It wasn't because he wanted to go do something or he wanted to buy something. He wanted to go to the bank so that he could get his tithe out. And he wanted to honor the Lord with his tithe. It wasn't about getting money to anywhere else. It was about honoring God. And he cared about paying his tithe. And I can tell you as a dad, man, that was just an incredible, incredible moment to see that your kids are going to carry on with something that's so, so hard. Because let's be honest. Let's, let's just be flat, honest, and authentic here this morning. When it comes to giving of our finances, when it comes to giving of our resources, for a lot of us, it's hard. It's hard. It's, it's, it's difficult. And God gets that. God understands that. That's why it's the only promise in the book that he says, hey, test me on this. Try me on this. See if I'll not open up the windows of heaven over your life and pour you out blessings. God God knows. He knows the struggle that's in our life. And so I just look at it. I'm like, man, my 16-year-old son, the moment that paycheck hit his hand without even thinking about it, before I, you know, he just said, before I do anything, before I spend anything, the first belongs to God. And I just, I was so grateful. And I can just tell you, my kids, when it comes to the time, we've, We've taught them this for years, and we want we want them to have this holy awe about because it, it says it's holy, and so we want them to have this holy awe when it comes to the first tenth that they have this sense that this is holy. This is not mine to spend. I, and I know for some of us it, it, it it's a, it's a stretch to get there. Okay, and I I get it. It was for me. It was for me. It was it was for me. And and when I become a follower of Christ and I started. A job, and I start giving. You know, I'm gonna tell you, it was a stretch, but I deeply believe because I've seen it work in my life. This is something you cannot take away from me. I know, I know that it works. I know that God honors those who give. I know it beyond a shadow of a doubt because I've seen Him work too many things in my life. It's not coincidence. It's not by chance. It didn't just happen. No, God showed up on the scene, and God did something incredible in that moment. When you put him first, it will change your life, okay? When you put him first, it will change your life. And you may be listening to this saying, wait, wait a second, Jared. For me to give like the first 10% of my income before I pay any other bill, okay? That would be just utterly me rearranging every aspect of my life to do that. I know. And it's not just this, it's everything that we've discussed. Maybe it's time that we rearrange the way we do mornings. Maybe it's time for us to rearrange our Sundays. I know my family, we've had to rearrange some things that we really, really enjoyed. But we had to rearrange it because we believe. And I want my kids growing up knowing that being in the house of God is important. 
And so we had to rearrange some things in our life so that our family could walk in that value system. And so as we talk about this, you know, you're saying uh, that means I got to rearrange some things. And I know, I know, I, I, I promise you, I, I know I, I've been in the struggle right where you're at. I've been in that struggle with what you're struggling with right now. And I know, and I know it's hard. And I know it's difficult. But man, if I could, I'm on the other side of this. And now I look back and I see, you know what? When I put God first, when I put God first, man, he showed up in an incredible way. He could not bless that area of my life because he wasn't king of that area. I had other things setting up as kings over those areas of my life. But when he became king in that area of my life, man, I, that whole thing changed. That whole thing changed. I just, I just want to encourage you. That's kind of the point of today. Is maybe there's things that we do need to rearrange. Maybe our mornings do need to be rearranged. Maybe our Sundays do need to be rearranged. And maybe the first of our months, the way we honor God with our giving do, does need to be rearranged. When we have the heart to say, God, you're first. Before you even bless me, God, you're, I, 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 I worship you. I worship you. What do you think that does to the heart of God for his kids? What do you think that does? I, I think it inclines his heart to you. It is the first of our day that we seek him. It's the first of our week that we worship him. And it's the first of our month, or whenever you get paid, that we give. Okay? These three first. And Paul says in Galatians, I'm about to wrap this thing up. Paul says in Galatians 5.16, he says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. He says, I need you to walk by the Holy Spirit that I've imparted to you so that you will not fulfill the desires of your flesh. And he goes on to say, for the flesh desires, it hungers for what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is contrary to the flesh. And he ends this verse by saying, for they are in conflict with each other. They are in conflict with each other. The Spirit and the flesh are in conflict with each other. Some translations say the spirit and the flesh are at war with each other. And I'm very confident that everyone hearing this uh, here this morning, everyone that has heard that verse, you have experienced that. You've experienced that tension between the flesh and the spirit. What is our flesh? Our flesh is our physical bodies, our carnal desires, what our body wants, what our flesh wants. And then the spirit, that is the Holy Spirit within us. And both of them are hungry. Our flesh is hungry and the Holy Spirit in us is hungry. And the question is, which one are you going to feed? Okay, think about it. The Bible says that we're called to, live, to lead spirit-filled lives. How on earth are you going to be spirit-led if our flesh keeps getting whatever our flesh wants? Okay, now don't miss this. Whatever you feed will grow. Whatever you feed will grow. And whatever you feed and grows will become dominant in your life. If you feed your flesh anything that it wants, you will be led in your life entirely by your flesh. And But if you will deny your flesh and you will feed your spirit, listen, think of them as two dogs. You got the flesh dog and you got the spirit dog. And I'm here to tell you, one of those dogs is going to win the fight. You ever seen two dogs hook it up? Two dogs get in a fight? And one of those dogs is going to win. And who wins that fight? Guess who gets to decide who wins the fight between the flesh and the spirit? It's you. It's me. We get to decide that. And the way we decide the winner is by what dog we feed the most. We will starve one dog and we will feed the other dog. And you can either feed your spirit or you can feed your flesh. And you are feeding those dogs by everything that is coming into your life. Everything that's coming into your head. Everything that's coming into your heart. Everything that enters into your life is feeding one of those dogs. What you focus on and what you saturate your life with and what you watch and what you listen to and what you read and the conversation you have and the way you live your life and what comes out of your mouth. All those things are feeding one of those two dogs. One of the, the, that, that stuff is food for one of those dogs. But what does the spirit long for? The spirit longs for intimacy with God. The spirit longs for his word, his holy word. The spirit longs for worship with him. The spirit longs for obedience and a life of faith. 
And when we feed the Spirit, the Spirit grows. And now we were led and empowered completely and solely by the Spirit. And so I'm challenging this morning, feed your Spirit. Feed your Spirit. Feed your Spirit. Feed your Spirit by giving Him the first of every morning. Giving Him the first of every week. And giving Him the first of every month. Feed your Spirit. Today as we wrap up, I believe that God wants us to have a more faith-filled, God-empowered year here in the year 2020, the remainder of 2020. But, I, but we, we, we got to recognize this idea of putting God first. You know, we've been talking about putting God first. Well, let's restate that. Because I kind of set us up. We don't put God first. God, he already is first. He already has been. Always is. Always was. Always will be. Before the earth was ever whispered, God was here. He was here. Before he said, let us create man in our image. Let's have an object that we can love, an object that we can be loved by. And guess what? Before he ever said that, he existed. He always was. Before sin entered into this world through human experience, God was already scheming a plan of redemption for you and me. Make no mistake about it. We don't put God first. He always is, always has been, and always will be first. That's who he is. He's God. And so what are we saying? It's not that we are actually putting him first. It's that now we are recognizing that he is already first. And that we are going to then align every aspect of our life. Because, you see, he can't bless a life where he's not first. And so we are going, now going to align our life with the truth and the knowledge and the recognition that he is first in our life. When you did what Jesus did in Matthew 6, when you seek first the kingdom, when you seek him first, man, I'm telling you, incredible things happen in your life. So God, we're going to recognize you as first. You're first in my day. You're first in my week. And you're first in my, in, in, in my month. You're first. And I just, I'm excited to see as we come back together. And I know this is going to be a process of coming back together. I, I, I get it. But I'm excited to see what happens with a group of people who as a family decide to place God where he already is. First, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him and align their life as we align our church as a whole under that truth that he already is, already was, and already will be first in everything. Amen. Will you bow your heads with me this morning? Father, we're so grateful for your goodness today. In attitude of prayer today, God, I ask that you would give us, God, give us a posture of honesty with ourselves and and that God, with you, that we would be honest with, with, with ourselves and honest with you as to what place in our life that, uh, that we really need to make some adjustments, that we really need to make some corrections, that we really need to prioritize some things in our life. God, we uh, want to acknowledge you today. We know you already are. But we want to acknowledge you. We want to align our life up with the truth that you are first. And so today, God, we just ask you to speak to hearts and speak to lives in this place this morning. In Jesus' name. Hey, today, I, I just want to ask you an honest question. And uh, as, as I've talked through these different areas, as I've talked through these different firsts, the, these priorities that God longs to be in your life, I wonder how many of you God is speaking to right now. I wonder how many of you, there's an area in your life where you know you're not in alignment with where he is. You're not in alignment with him being first in that area of your life. Whether it's in your morning, whether it's in your, 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 you know, your, your week, or whether it's in your, your month. But you know you're, you're not lining up. You're not lining up. And you know that as you look back on what's already 
transpired and taken place in 2020 and that you're out of alignment. And you need to prior reprioritize some things. I'm going to have something. This is going to be different. I'm going to walk forward in this different. I'm not going to come out of this the same way I went in. Listen, if we come out of these six, seven, eight weeks, however long it's been, if we come out of this the same way we walked in, we have missed the moment. We have missed the opportunity. God wants to do something significant in our life, and God wants to speak something significant in our life. And when we come back next week, I hope we come back ready to celebrate what God is speaking and what God is doing. And so right now you're like, you know what? Uh, this year, the rest of this year is going to be different. It's going to be different. I'm going to do something I've never done. I'm going to do something I've never done. And I'm going to be something I've, I've never been. Because I'm realigning myself in whatever area it is. Realigning myself, acknowledging God is first in that area. If that's you, I just want you to acknowledge that as an act of faith today. Maybe you just want to say that out loud. That's me. Maybe you want to raise your hand, whatever you feel comfortable doing right there where you're at. But you just acknowledge that. God, I need to change. I need to reprioritize some things in my life. And God, I, I pray right now for all those who would respond. God, I pray that the remainder of 2020 would be one of favor, one of power, one of provision. And that God, even when hard times come, God, it would be a year of your presence in their life. That there wouldn't be a moment of their day that they would not sense that you are with them. God, help us to restructure. Help us to reprioritize. Help us to come into alignment, to realign some areas in our life. God, that we can walk in your provision and we can walk in your blessing. We're going to give you the first of every morning, the first of every day. We're going to give you the first of every week and we're going to give you the first of every month. And so, God, we thank you for all that today as you're speaking to hearts and lives. In Jesus' name. Hey, as we continue to pray today, there are others that if you're really honest with yourself, you'd say, you know what, God? God isn't first in anything in my life. Like, I know it. Like, my life has lived for me. I've been doing what I want to do. I've been calling the shots. God's not calling the shots in my life. He's, he's, he's not first. We've, we've been there. I know I've been there. And every person watching this simulcast, they've, They've been there as well. They've lived for themselves, but we've come to the realization that God's got to be first. We, he's got to be first. Our life has got to come in alignment with that recognition that He is first. And so here's the great news. The great news is that God, from the very beginning, has always been the initiator. You don't initiate a relationship with God. God initiates a relationship with you. Well, how does God initiate a relationship with me? When in the midst of all of our sin that separated us from him, he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to live a sinless life as he died and hung up on a cross at Calvary for you and I. His son offering his life was God's way of initiating a bridge that would cover the chasm between our sin and his holiness and bring us back together in relationship with him. But today, each and every one of us have to choose to align our life up with that truth, with the fact that God is first. Well, Jared, how do I do that? How do I acknowledge that he's first? I, I want to begin a relationship with him. Well, it's very simple. The Bible says that you just call out on his name. You call out on his name. You call out to his name. And the Bible says anyone who calls on the name of Jesus Christ will be saved. They will be forgiven. They will be made brand new. And so for some of you, that is exactly why you're here. You're not watching this by accident. You didn't just happen to stumble across this on Facebook or YouTube or whatever avenue or website. No, God brought you here for this divine moment, for this exact moment, because he wanted to stop the world to speak to your life about this moment and about your life and about your eternal home. God said, I, I, I want to be God in your life. I want to sit on the throne of your life because I've got all these things I want to do in your life, with your life, and through your life. But I can't do it as long as you're sitting on the throne yourself. So today he's asking, would you step aside? Let me sit up on that throne of your life and let me bless you. Let me pour life into you. Let me pour hope into you. Let me pour peace into you. Let me pour joy into you. Would you allow me that chance? 
And so maybe you're here this morning, you say, you know what, that's me. That's me. I need to give my life to to the Lord today. Listen, this isn't just going to change your 2020. This is going to change the rest of your life. And I believe God wants to do something significant in your life today. And if that's your prayer today, if that's what you want to do, I just want you to acknowledge that. I want you to just say, I say, yes, that's me. I want you to raise your hand. I want you to just somehow acknowledge that. And here's what I'm going to do. I want to lead you in a prayer. And I just want you to say these words with me. Not understand, it's not the words that save you. It's the God we're praying to that saves you. So if you miss a word, hey, don't hesitate. Just move on. Because we're not getting our words right. We're getting our heart right today. And so right now, I just want you to repeat this prayer with me. Real simple prayer. Just say, God, I surrender my life to you. I need you today. I've sinned. And I'm asking you to save me. I'm asking you to forgive me. And right now, I receive your grace. I place my faith and I place my life into the hands of Jesus Christ. And I want to serve you, Jesus, all the days of my life, as always as I can. I love you, Lord, and I praise your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that simple prayer with us this morning, we believe that today you have found new life. There's new hope. That There's new purpose and new plans and new passions that's coming into your life today, right now. God is writing your name in the book of life and you have new life in him. But you're not called to live this life alone. That's why the church is here. So if you're here in our community, we want to hear from you. Hop on our website, hop on our Facebook, send us an email, call our church office. Okay, get in touch with us some way, somehow. We want to know the new life that you found. If you're not in our area, we'd still like to know. But we also want to encourage you to get plugged in to a church home. Get plugged into a Bible-based church family. Come be part of the family of God. Everyone needs to be part of the family of God. And so if you're here and, and you're outside of our area, get plugged into a church family. If you're here and you're in our area and you don't have a church family, Elm Grove We would love to have you. We need you. We need more people in the body of Christ. We've got a great big calling uh, upon our life, as as do all the churches in our community. And we're ready to reach our community in incredible, uh, brand new, innovative ways. And so come help us do that as we continue to be the hands and feet of Christ extended. Guys, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for, for being a part of week three of this series. We don't take this for granted. We don't take it lightly. We love you guys. We appreciate you. We look forward next week. Next week, if you are able and if you would like, and you know, we we understand. But if you're able and you would like to, we're going to be in our worship facility starting at 1030 next Sunday morning. We'd be honored to host you and to see you there. God bless you guys. We can't wait to see you later. We love you. Have a great, great week.